Welcome to our daily podcast, The News Around Uganda. I am Lydia Lekwonyero. It's the 28th of April 2021. In a first story, members of the Emioga associations in Katakwi district have expressed disappointment over the delay in disbursement of Emioga funds. Was the program just a campaign gimmick? Circles are wandering and running impatient. They claim that district officials have not explained the delay, but Stephen Ekom, the resident district commissioner, clarifies that the district has received over 1 billion shillings to be shared among the groups. He says the district is currently training circle leaders on how to use the funds, urging members to increase the money available for lending. I want to bring the attention of my people of Katakwi that we have received all the certificates of circles and we have also trained the circle leaders as Kataki district we launched the week on Friday we launched a disbursement of funds to one of the groups in Usu called the Usu uh, produce dealers circle they received 21 million 120000 and uh, the associations that form that circle have also got money today we are again going to witness a very important event where other groups have also fulfill the requirements of accessing the city capital what i want to bring the attention of the people of katakwi that we should stop issues of lament this is the time we should work to bring income to our households and as a district we have also we are still receiving group and as of so the rdc i'm also the rdc who is coordinating amioga in the teso sub region so i speak in the capacity of uh, the rdc representing other rdcs in the committee that was formed one time in soroti university so for kataki district we are progressing very well what i only want to urge my people is to understand that this is a city capital it is a revolving fund so they should know that they are supposed to benefit and also want a multiplier effect where other people also benefit so as a district we are continuing with the sensitization also continuing with encouraging our people to save because the most important thing is for us to know that government is encouraging people to form circles because that is the only way to go the presidential initiative on wealth and job creation was launched at the peak of campaigns in 2020 aimed at improving household incomes of ugandans through circles The initiative is part of the broader national resistance movement principle of socio-economic transformation. Each district was required to form circles of 18 categories of members in the formal sectors including border borders, women entrepreneurs, mechanics and journalists. Meanwhile, National Resistance Movement members of Parliament from Teso region who are attending a retreat in Changkwanzi have reminded President Yoweri Museveni about the issue of compensation. The leaders met Museveni on the sidelines of the retreat where they discussed a range of issues including fighting poverty at household level. Patrick Ayeku, the Soroti County Member of Parliament, urges the Iteso to agree on one method of compensation. He says the president told them 50 billion shillings had been allocated for compensation. We met the president and uh, we were able to discuss a number of issues. Some of the issues that we discussed uh we're involving around uh, fighting household poverty because uh this is the major challenge that we are facing in teso today very many families can't afford a meal so we are looking at a factor that we must look at in a way that we must submit to it and also 
we adjust on our strategies in order to fight, fight uh, household poverty. Well, compensation, we reminded him that he must pay the families. But you see this compensation, if I had to permit me say this, and uh, I submit to be corrected also, if it was a sequence that we would agree as the leaders that yes, overdue we have complained about the compensation. It is for number of years. Why don't we look at this compensation in a way that it benefits the whole society? My submission would be that if, for example, we are given 50 billion, let's convert it into cattle. And out of this, we ensure that we look at the most impoverished communities so that everybody can be given a cow. In Parliament, the House is fast-tracking session so it can complete the remaining business of the 10th Parliament. It is set to hold morning and afternoon sessions to enable them to dispose of the outstanding issues. The tenure of the 10th Parliament is coming to an end at the beginning of next month. The Speaker of Parliament, Rebecca Kadaga, told members yesterday that there is limited time and they still have a lot of work to accomplish. She asked legislators to get ready for double sittings. I want to urge members to get ready for the marathon sittings to execute our cardinal duties as restored with us under the constitution and other legal frameworks. Let me also appeal to the committees with many businesses to urgently expedite their conclusion for the House's attention. Still in Parliament, the Prime Minister has been directed to produce a statement on the attacks on journalists by security officers in the country. This was after the Mitiana Municipality Member of Parliament, Francis Zake, raised the violence as a matter of national importance as he complained about the attack on Matovu, a journalist in Mitiana. Zake's concern prompted the Speaker to ask the Prime Minister to present a statement on the matter on Wednesday next week. On 3rd May, it will be the Media Freedom Day. I request and pray that the Prime Minister, since I'm seeing the Deputy right here, can explain to us the account of this brutality minted on the journalists and the general public. And also, Madam Speaker, we need to know when will this brutality end. And we can also know how many of them who have been punished for the same. The members, uh, the Prime Minister is requested to come and uh, address the House on the issue of the brutality to the journalists and the general public, and also whether anyone has been prosecuted. Continuing with matters of governance, the Kampala City Lord Mayor Arias Lukwago has threatened to blacklist all companies which have failed to fulfill their contractual obligations. Lukwago is specifically critical of the foreign companies which he says have taken a lot of government money but are not performing to expectations and standards. He was speaking at KCCA's suppliers conference aimed at reviewing performance of both the authority and the contractors. You are an international company and you fail to secure a guarantee from Exim Bank and you are still holding big contracts. Dorin and the team with the procurement unit, there is too much work on me to do. But I want to tell you, it's not going to be business as usual. From the reports we are reviewing, for us we are going to generate a list. We are blacklisting you. You may think, ah, those are just politicians, they will shout. You'll find it tough because what we are doing is a statutory. Meanwhile, Dorothy Kisaka, the executive director of KCCA, says they have introduced e-government procurement systems to improve efficiency and reduce the chances of corruption in awarding contracts. 
We want to use electronic government procurement so that we minimize bottlenecks, hurdles, corruption, all those things that delay or can interrupt the procurement system. That is one. Secondly, we want to emphasize green procurement, all those things that are environmentally friendly. We want to focus on that so that we preserve our, our green, we preserve our environment. Still in the news, the police have started assessing the actual cause of the fire that gutted a girl's dormitory at King's College, Budo. The Grace dormitory occupied by senior two girls caught fire during morning prep. The students were in their respective classrooms. The deputy director of the fire brigade and emergency services, Hassan Chihanda, says after putting out the fire, they have embarked on investigating its cause, which will be detailed in their report. Now we are going into the last phase of the firefighting, which is assessing what could have caused the, the fire. This now needs ample space and time. That is where we may have to tell the people to leave the scene after now so that they give us ample time. Otherwise, I already have enough manpower from, from, from different corners. We have people from the CID, we have people from forensic, we have people from the area police, we have people from the building review commission. So all of those brains combined together, I'm sure we are going to find out exactly what could have caused this fire. The Bishop of Namirembe Diocese, Wilberforce Chitio Luwalida, visited the school moments after the incident and appealed to police to release the report soon. In health, the ministry is concerned about the increased number of teenage pregnancies that are linked to the high maternal mortality rates in the country. The Minister for Primary Health Care, Dr. Joyce Moriko, said 36% of maternal deaths occur among young mothers below 24 years and teenage pregnancies contributed to 17% of all maternal deaths. 36% of maternal deaths during the review occurred among the young mothers less than 24 years who should have been in school. And from the review, teenage pregnancy contributed up to 17% of all maternal deaths. That's a huge, huge statistic. When we look at the causes of this death, nationally, there are three delays. It has been attributed as a model that leads to maternal injury and maternal death. But Dr. Moriku noted the progress that Uganda has made towards reducing mortality rates among mothers. However, according to the recent Uganda Health Demographic Survey of 2016, there was a significant reduction in maternal, maternal mortality, which has reduced from 448 to 336 per 100,000 life births. The updated survey will be done this year. This year we are going to have another survey and we are all hoping to get a better result as far as maternal mortality is concerned. And with that story, we come to the end of the news around Uganda. I'm Lydia Lakonyero. Good day. <laughs>